podcasters. Actually, I don't even know who I'm talking to. I think I'm actually just talking to myself at this point. Screw you, Emily, for not keeping up with the past three episodes. Man, guys, this was probably my worst fallback ever. But I remember what was going on. It was Thanksgiving. Aubrey's actually getting married, so she's been a real hot commodity lately, so she's been hard to schedule and book. Um, And overall, I've been a little bit under the weather. I started a new job, and we had our grand opening this past weekend, so just been a little crazy. Not like you even care about the excuses. You're just like, screw you. Drop and give me 50 facts about the latest episodes. Um, So here's the deal. I think it's just going to be me today. Actually, I don't think I know. Uh, I actually recently listened to a podcast that was recommended to me by Broads. No surprise. Uh, But it's a podcast by Ari Eastman called Sobriety. So it's like, give me the tea, but Sobriety. Um, I've recently just been getting a little bit curious about sober lifestyle, so uh, I think she's funny also, so I just wanted to listen to it, and she inspired me to believe that maybe I could kind of be funny by myself, Um, but her episodes are also (laughs) fairly short, so I feel like she's smart and she knows that people don't want to listen to one person ramble on um, for, for that long, but we'll just see how this goes, guys. I miss Aubrey. I tried to have my girl Kim on. Jason's busy. Um, and I just got to catch up. I got to throw my thoughts out there. Not sure who's listening, but if you're back, love you so much. I don't plan on stopping this podcast. I think about it all the time. Um, I don't know. Still got to get better at time management, which is kind of like tall order. Um, but I really do love doing this and I feel a little lost when I don't get on here and do it. So I think I've just decided that I'm going to do a little recap myself of basically everything that we've missed. I think the last thing that we talked about was um, when they were going to Minneapolis and um, Michelle was basically like, I'm in love with everyone at the end of the episode. (laughs) She still had a good amount of people left. Um, That was also, I think, the episode that... um, I'm pretty sure that was the episode that Martin was a D-bag and got sent home. I'm not quite sure. Um, Looking back at those notes, I don't need to. Anyway, so we're going to start off with episode six. um, And just what the hell even happened there, guys? Um, Basically, I think the first thing that happened was a group date, right? And then she gets to meet the students. How cute were the students, right? Um, they picked four whippersnappers of children to come on the TV show. And honestly, I was like, would they even dare to cast actors and like not even Michelle's students? Um, but she was there and I loved the, so I figured that they were obviously her real students and they obviously had such a connection to her. Um, and I love that they took over the date. I thought that was such a fun idea. And kids are so, um, you know, uninhibited and they feel joy and everything in such a pure way. So it was super cute to see what the kids, you know, thought Michelle and her date should do. And I feel like they probably took it so seriously. Like Miss Michelle has to have a good time, blah, blah, blah. Um, so they took over the date. Um, I cried when they first saw her because I just love how she talks to her students. And we saw this at the beginning, but I love that she talks to them like they're people. Like she was like, hi, like she didn't, she wasn't like, oh, my babies. 
he's like my chillin like nothing like that you know it was just kind of like these are my people these are my kids my students you know um so love that it reminded me of when i kind of thought that her being a teacher was going to take over her season Pfft, putting my foot in my ass like she's so multifaceted and you know being a teacher is just something that she's able to do because she's such a beautiful person and a good listener and you know just an, an overall you know boss chick that everybody loves still everybody is still loving her she's still been making really cool choices um I don't know. About to get pretty ugly, though. So, anyway, they go on the date. Um, and uh, I also was thinking, how were these kids chosen? Like, I don't know. Like, it must have been such an ordeal to get these kids on set. Like, with their parents and COVID. And I don't know. I wonder if it was, like, way in advance planned. Like, I know I'm going to want to have my kids on my show. Who knows? Um, anyway... Who laughed out loud when Nate tried that handstand? I just loved him so much in that moment. Like, when he did that handstand, it just fell over. I was like, what a doofus. That was so cute. Like, knew he couldn't hold the handstand, but went for it anyway. Like, <laughs> blew it, busted down on the floor. That was so funny. Um, I still love him. I'm still, I'm still so, so, uh, so into Nate. Really into Nate. Anyway, we'll get to more of what we missed, but um, I love that the kids thought I don't like Martin too much cologne. That was so funny, too. Um, oh, my God. And did they ask somebody if they shaved their nipples? I have a note here that they asked Rodney if he shaved his nipples and if they farted in front of Miss Young. I love I love Miss Young. Like, that's such a strong, like, Miss Young. Have you farted in front of Miss Young? Like, ugh, you better not have farted in front of her. Of course, they thought Clayton had big muscles, good for groceries. No way. The, the producers wrote these jokes for the kids. There has to be. There has to be a script for these kids. No way. They're not funny. Um, but that'd be great. Kids are funny. Kids are hilarious. Kids say the darndest things. Um, so they didn't, the kids really didn't really talk about Brandon, Joe, or Rick. They were really into, they liked Olu. Um, they liked, uh, they liked Rodney and they loved Clayton because Clayton just looks like a big old Ken doll. So all the kids loved Clayton. Nice guy. Of course, the kids picked Clayton because he built the fort with them. He got on their level. I do think that that had something to do with it. When I found out that they picked him, I was like, oh my God, eye roll guys. Like, but the more I thought about it, I was like, whatever. He had a, he had to make a split decision. Like, what are the kids going to like? He was like a fort. And I thought that was super cute um, because it was smart. Like, it it shows that he has maybe a little bit of experience with kids. I don't know about his, you know, siblings or if he has kids in his life. But it seemed like he was, like, cool with the kids. Like, he was cool getting on their level. And I didn't really see anybody else, like, literally, sit, like, getting down on their level, like, and trying to be in their world like that. So the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, I'm not surprised that they picked him. Um, but also, he's just, like, huge. And I feel like just... Um, just like a huge white dude. I don't know. I, I didn't want to say white dude, but I don't know. He is. Um, so anyways, uh, what even happened? So, oh my God. Then they went to the planetarium, right? I, crying. Like, why was I crying um, when Clayton and Michelle went into the planetarium? That was so cute. That was really good call for the kids to send them to the planetarium but part of me thinks that mm, the kids didn't really choose that. Not really so sure. Um, 
but overall the state was so cute i love that they picked candy and pizza like the museum um yeah he would fly she would heal he would fly wow he would fly she would heal somebody must have said that at some point maybe he said that i wrote that down he would fly and she would heal because I know all that drama happened about Martin thinking that she was immature or whatever for not dealing with her trauma. Um, I know that uh, Clayton and Olu especially cared a lot about Michelle being okay after that um, because he totally just like minimized her experience. It was like super misogynistic gross. Um, I really want to give that guy a benefit of the doubt, but he's had a lot of opportunities. And even at the mental all felt like he was lame. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. He would fly and she would heal like he would soar and she would heal i don't know not sure what i meant by that but i wrote it in all caps like i thought it was super profound it was probably like a bong hit in no i'm just kidding i don't even have a bong i wish i had a bong um i don't know it's probably looking at bape because that's all i got up here um cute date overall super cute date um you know then of course we show the guys back at the place right and uh, I still love Brandon too. And Brandon was like, I don't want to have to fight to get one-on-one -on -one time. Um, you know, but uh, everything becomes, you know, becomes as it goes. And, you know, he's just so cute. He's, you know, being humble and not talking shit about anybody. At this point, Olu's the only one without one. Um, a one-on-one -on -one date, that is. So uh, there's always that guy that knows he's, he's fucked ahead of time. So... I don't really know. I don't know. I'm starting to feel like one of these guys is going to start showing that they know that they're in third place. And I don't know. I hope it's not poor Brandon. I hope it's not our baby Brandon. But we see in this episode, at least, uh, before before we, uh, we went to hometowns, of course, or did the hometown dates, that Brandon's starting to get nervous, but still isn't talking down to anybody else. He's still keeping his composure, which... I'm happy about because he's he's seemingly younger he is not that young but he's just like he's just baby Brandon so he's still keeping his cool keeping his composure his maturity um so yeah obviously Martin at this point ew do you even pay attention like I can't stand that guy anymore and you can see the spark isn't there and all of a sudden his voice is so annoying right like not cute at all anymore like you can just see that the two of them are like grinding gears to like get along so obviously he goes home. Um, it was obvious in this episode who was going home. Um, so, all right, Clayton goes home, right guys? It was obviously Clayton was gonna go home. Although the kids loved him, I feel like now it's very clear why they gave us all that time. Um, and they showed us so much of him with the kids because obviously he's the next Bachelor. Spoiler alert. Um, he is the next Bachelor that's been announced. So they were totally teasing that in this episode now that I look back at it. Um, because to give him so much time and the kids chose him for the date and um, like showing the letter at the end that the kids gave to him and he cried. Like that was pretty cute. You can tell this guy really wants like to have children. I feel like that's something that they were really trying to showcase before he went home because something tells me I don't know maybe they edited that episode once they no that's not true they edited this episode before they announced it but could they have even decided then that he was going to be the bachelor I don't know it was just like obviously catering to him because obviously he was going to be you know 
a choice, but I don't know. They did the same thing to Greg, and Greg didn't become the bachelor, so maybe they really were gonna let Greg be the bachelor, even though, ew, like, he was so personalityless. like, even before he became an asshole, he just was like, I don't know, whatever. I just feel like they keep missing out on, like, really giving us quality content about these men, like, I feel like Michelle has done a sick-ass job of handling her season, and Granted, maybe she was given an easier hand from the producers or whatever, but I just feel like they set it up for Greg. They were probably going to choose Greg, too, and Greg is just boring. Like, would have had, like, a I'm a baby boy storyline, like, trying to find myself as a man, and I need a woman to do that. Like, that's kind of a lame story. And then Clayton over here, it's like, okay, like, I'm big and muscly and attractive, and the kids liked me, um, but... We didn't really, like, I don't know. I, I liked him because, I was like, I agree with the kids. I liked him because of his muscles. I liked him because he was handsome. And I liked him because he was cute with the kids. And that's really all I took away from Colton. And, er, not Colton. Basically, point proven. He's another Colton. Watch them say he's a virgin. Isn't he an ex-football player? I don't know. It's like, we've already done this. Like, choose somebody with an actual storyline or somebody that has an already an interesting backstory that would be interesting to share to people. Like, I don't know. Uh, people don't want to see, like, boys become men anymore. Like, I don't know. We want to know people. We want to see real people representing all sorts of, um, you know, the kinds of people that live in this country. So, I don't know. I just feel like it's a lame choice. Mm, we'll see. Although, here for the drama about being intimate with two women. Oh, my God. Although, why did you even say that? I feel like so many bachelors, like, probably have sex with multiple people in the fantasy suites. And then, how are you going to tell? That's like when Beg Higgins was like, I told both of you that I loved you. I don't know if he even told them that together, though. Like, how are you going to tell two girls that you had sex with both of them when this has been going on? like on The Bachelor for years now. And it's like all of a sudden, ugh, I don't know. He had to be easy enough to persuade to like say that to the final two. Like producers must've been like, you need to tell them. Even though you don't. So I don't know. That looks interesting. I guess ugh, I'm obviously watching. I'm obviously podcasting. Hopefully not days and episodes and weeks and months and years late. Um, but anyway. So then Colton goes home, right? Let's get back to Michelle. Oh, my God. I keep calling him Colton Clayton. Ugh! Why did they do that to us? The names are even the same. Ugh. Like, change the record, man. And it's like, oh, we just had a black bachelor. Whatever. I don't care. Let's have another one. <laughs> like, I don't know. I just don't want to see another Clayton. Because now we all know that Clayton wasted our time. He wasn't ready. Hopefully Clay Clayton is a little more mature. I mean, maybe I'm not giving, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know what? Because I love The Bachelor. Everyone knows I'm going to be stoked when it comes on. But I hope that he becomes a little bit more interesting. I hope that he has more of a story that we haven't seen. Because if we're going to have to build his story together as a nation, as Bachelor Nation, that's just going to be like, bleh. Okay. So, um, what, where do we leave off? Um, the kids calling him Mr. Young also. Okay, I, now I promise we're gonna, we're gonna move away from that. Because didn't the kids like say, call him like Mr. Young? Ugh, that's a pretty big sting. Yeah, so much Clayton content. It's so obvious now. So much Clayton was in this episode when he went home. Why would you give so much time to someone who went home? Okay, ugh, I need Aubrey here. So, all right, 
then the next thing I have here is I have switched over to almond milk. I'm dying, milking the cow. Okay. Okay, yeah. So this is when they go to the farm, right? Yeah, that was funny. Oh my God, that was a good date. Um, loved that. It was just like fun. We needed a little bit of fun. Um, I love that Michelle reminded them that they're titties. And then she's like, go Joe. Because he was like, he could do the, he could, he could get the milk really good. Oh my God, too funny. Too funny. Um, I love that the guys were like all over her during this date too, right? Like the guys were like openly kissing her in front of each other and honestly just like trying to get that FaceTime with her, like literal like hip face on face. Like all the guys were just shamelessly going after her together, like as a group. <laughs> uh, I thought that was so cool. Like only Queen Michelle would be able to somehow like just make that a thing that happens. Like, yes, like that's what we want group dates to be like, right? Like, we just want group dates to be like that. Like, all the guys just giving her attention and just loving on her and not being jealous and just, I don't know. Maybe that's a, maybe that's dirty. Maybe, like, my mind's a little dirty there, but I just loved that. And they were, she was just, like, in her element, like, smiling. She was, like, fanning her eyes at everybody. She was really living in this group date. Um, Nate had perfect falling for you timing. He made cute metaphors about it. Nate is smart. Nate also is, I'm seeing now a little young based on what we saw in the hometowns, obviously, but, um, I love that he said falling for you on this date. Um, that was good timing. He's been playing out his, um, you know, his, I mean, I feel like you do have to time things. I'm not like, he's not over here, like freaking that guy with the notes in the folder, but I feel like you do have to time. Like, I'm sure he sat like, okay, like, I'm going to have this time with her. I got to tell her I'm falling for you. Like, good. I feel like he's been all of us this whole time, you know? Like, he's been like, I forget what you call that. There's something in theater. It's like, um, ugh, I wish Aubrey was here. We could talk about it. Um, basically, when there's a character in the in the story that's knows just as much as the audience does like and other people in the story know know things but the main character and the audience are like going through things together that's who that's who nate is and i've definitely brought that up before but i was like perfect that would be me i would definitely say i was following for you on this date huge contender um still love him still super sexy um aubrey recently i've seen that his eyebrows are getting better on his instagram um so, yeah, still big fan. Also, Joe not even saying that his parents owned a dairy farm. LOL. Like, this guy's the most humble dude. He is so much like her dad. I can't even stop thinking about it. So, whatever. Basically, Martin is still at the house now, complaining about roses, perceived it incorrectly. Like, no, you don't get to decide how she perceived things. Perceived it incorrectly. My ass. Oh, I love that they kept showing this guy talk like such a moron because um, you just know he's leaving and then he's just making an ass out of himself. Um, I don't know. Miscommunication, like whatever. Just be like, wow, I needed I needed to kind of see how I looked there and probably looked pretty bad. And, you know, I kind of have to just make her feel better. And he's just worried about defending himself. That's always what happened at this point in the game. Ugh, it's they start showing whether they're mature enough to just let it be about her and let her break your heart if she needs to. I think Brandon said that actually, like, I'm willing to put myself out there even if it's not me. Like, that's what you should be doing. That is what you signed up for. And if you're getting lost in it, okay, make your mistakes, but own up to them. You have, you have time to own up to them. I don't care how fast this series is being filmed. Like, you are being filmed and you are under pressure. And if under pressure, you don't want to 
apologize or make amends or understand where you could have misstepped, like you need to do some reevaluating. That's, you know, if you're on TV, if you're not on TV, like you need to do some reevaluating if defensiveness is something that is always in you. I am so defensive. It's an issue with me. It's an issue with a lot of people. We just have to be able to react to those missteps appropriately. So ugh, Martin is just such a freaking moron. Um, it seemed edited a lot of this like shit that he talked like saying she's immature and that was when this all happened when this group date was happening and he was back at the house. Um, it seemed edited but I don't know. It's hard to make an asshole. It's hard to make an asshole out of a nice person with editing I think. Like I just think that people who are assholes get edited like to a pulp like down to a pulp um to make them look like the absolute worst or like the absolute craziest like poor claire got edited the freak out of but that girl is crazy so i don't know i don't want to i mean i shouldn't be saying you know what screw it i was about to be like try to be like politically correct about it but it's not always what we're here to do okay claire was whack <laughs> um and I love that Olu was also letting her know about how he felt. And he kind of said the same thing as Brandon, like um, just another mad honorable conversation that um, he had with her loving Olu, but obviously we lose him too. Um, so yeah, she thanks, she thanks him though. And he knew that that was huge regardless of where he stands, like to kind of honor like her as a black woman. And he's done that throughout. Um, and I do think that she, she deserves that because, I think that she made a point to not make her season all about that. Um, but I think that she appreciated him bringing it up in front of the camera and letting her know how well she was just handling everything and who she is and she should be proud of who she is. So Olu for Bachelor. He would have been a better choice. I don't know. He's African. He was going to make her that African meal. Like teach people something. Teach people something about someone that they don't probably know anything about. Ugh. Maybe I should try to get a job with, like, production. Maybe. Anybody know anybody? Um, I, I have to wrap this up. We need to get on a little a little bit to hometown so I can talk a little bit about um, the the mental all, too. But honestly, I, th I always think hometowns are boring because we're still not going to the hometowns. We thought maybe we were going to go to them. We don't. Um, they're still pretend. Uh, and mental all, ugh, I mean, they cover a lot, but it's already shit we've talked about. So anyway, what else happens? Um, I don't know. I think so. She ends up trying to talk to Martin, right? Um, I guess earlier when I was talking, I thought he went home when Col when Clay. <laughs> oh my God! Wow, that's three. I almost said Col Colton. Um, so Clayton, I thought that Martin went home with Clayton, but I guess it's blurry now. So um, he's still defending himself. He gets in front of Michelle now, and he still is being like a freaking baby man, like like maybe speaking over you who is speaking over you haven't been honest like a character flaw oh my god and then when he got into so she gets sent home because she's like this is a no wow he sucks right i feel sad for her a woman like that wouldn't i wouldn't give that kind of time to a woman like that dude that's embarrassing what do you think this is the bachelorette starring martin nobody wants to see you talk shit about her Especially after everything that just happened. Like, what a loser, right? Like, screw that. Screw giving him benefit of the doubt for that Miami comment. Because honestly, I wasn't about to, like, I wasn't about to cancel him because of that. I really wasn't. I felt like he just, like, said something dumb. 
and then oh like sh like dude like you need to kind of get it together like we need to mature up a little bit we need to boss up like you can't really say stuff like that anymore but whatever that guy proved that he's so stupid so whatever he'll probably be on a paradise season and make more of an idiot of himself i see that for him so um all right um so then we get the the date brandon finally gets the date i lied before when i said that too olu and brendan were both having that conversation because both of them were being real men about it but they were dying not having time with her so then of course olu gets like the the abigail thing happens to olu when um although olu wasn't such a huge front runner as abigail but she knew she was leaving she knew because she didn't get that one-on-one -on -one date and she pulled uh matt aside remember and she was like I need you to tell me now so that I can, like, I can just know what's going on because I obviously know that you've made some sort of a choice about me. So I would like you to say it to me now. And basically that's what he did. And she went home because she knew she didn't have the one-on-one. -on -one. And obviously that happens to Olu, but I think he just kind of wanted it to be about her, like how he knew, I think. And like I said, he wanted to make those awesome comments to her and say that on TV about, um, you know, her bold blackness, her her um her being proud of herself and who she is and um you know that was important because I think he knew he was going to be out so he wanted to honor her before he left whereas Martin did the freaking opposite anyways we end this episode with the date with Brandon oh my god you guys I think I might have to like I don't know I think I might have to like convince Jason to be like a thruple with Brendan if she doesn't pick him. Oh my God. Guys, his eyes staring at her, the glow in his eyes when they get into this car and she picks him up. I love that he made zero comments about her driving. Absolutely none. If any men are listening, it can be done. It has been proven that you can be in a car with a female and not talk shit about her driving. And you will also survive. It's like a win-win for everyone. So take notes from Brandon, guys. Um, I freaking love him. And he like barely even said a swear at one point was like, excuse my French. <gasps> I'm obsessed with him. I want to like make a souffle out of him. I want to like make a cake out of him and frost him and just like stick M&Ms all over him and just gobble him up. I love him. And I love that he got the hometown date. It was what he wanted. He was stoked on the plane about hometowns. I love that they gave him this. They have the best friend aspect. They laugh so much. And oh my God, when he kissed her, when he found out they were going to her house on the date, perfect date for him. Love it. This is the one time where I was like, okay, producers were on board. They knew Brendan needed this date. Everybody knew that he was going to be stoked. Like, I feel like everybody probably genuinely enjoyed watching him on this date. Like, people filming. Like, I don't know. Maybe it gets old for them. But this guy was so happy to be with this girl. He couldn't believe he brought her to her, her house. He, he like, attacked her face when he saw that he, when he saw that she brought him to her childhood home. Like, how sweet is that? This guy is in love with her. Like, you can tell. Like, he has fallen hard, but he's ready to, like, step up. Like, he's not making it about him and any, like, issues with him. Like, maybe if he does have some trauma, they'll, they'll, they can work through that, you know? Maybe he'll open up a little bit more, but I don't care. He's making it all about her, and this is about winning Michelle's heart, and he is, like, cookie cutter doing it perfectly, I think. I don't know why you wouldn't like him at this point. Maybe you think he's a little immature, but I don't know. I think there's just something so 
I wouldn't say immature. I would say that Brandon is youthful. I think there's a difference between being immature and being youthful. And I feel like that's why everyone, or me at least, and Aubrey at this point, love Brandon so much. Took her a minute to um, warm up to him. But anyway, I love that. Um, oh my God, the bed. I forgot that was him. Oh yeah, she reminded us that he rolled up in the bed. I forgot that that was his limo thing. Was he showed up in a bed like how freaking funny also like low-key dirty but he's so pure he probably didn't even think about that and I forget like it was like I would love to wake up with you or something like so cheesy like you know how he makes those cheesy moves oh I just was so living for this episode I was like eating popcorn shoving it in my mouth loving it oh hi dog you can come in hi baby do you miss mommy hi okay you can shut it can you shut the door hello I guess you don't mind me talking about The Bachelor really loud. And door shut. Okay, hi, baby. Come on up. He's out there watching Squid Game. He told me that he he wouldn't like Squid Game, so we didn't watch it together. And when he was away for a few weeks a while ago, um, or just this past month, I watched Squid Game all the way through. So good. Who loved it? It's just like Black Mirror. Um, and he's out there watching it now, of course. And feeling the need to make fun of it every five seconds, yet turning it on as soon as he goes to Netflix. I'm like, you love it. Just admit it. There's season two. If anybody thinks there were unanswered questions and they're annoyed about that, there definitely is going to be a season two. I looked it up. Okay. So we're back to the Brandon date. Um, the only thing I didn't like about this date was that like they kissed at one point and he was like, I like you. I couldn't decide if that was cute or a red flag. This I thought was a little I don't want to say mature. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like I remember doing the I like you thing like when I was a teenager, like in high school. I remember like the I like you and like how much that would make my heart flutter. And I just remember how young mentally and like physically I was when I was saying that to people. So maybe I shouldn't really be comparing like my experience, but I don't know. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I thought the I like you was kind of a red flag because we need to be beyond that at this point. Um, but I mean, the dude, the dude still got it going for him. He's still here. Um, but anyway, I thought that was kind of red flag. I love that she let him borrow her dad's suit. Like I can't, like, I feel like Michelle's family is probably so fun. Like just like super casual, like fun to hang out with. Jason's parents are a lot of fun. I feel like Michelle's parents are probably like so chill, like so funny. Like you can wear my dad's suit. He's just like, okay. And how funny. They're home. They come home. He was so freaking nervous. She starts slapping his ass when he stands up in the hot tub. Like they just wanted to easily embarrass him. I freaking loved that. I love that she just wanted to embarrass him. I thought it was so cute. I didn't think it was like, ooh, you should have done that, Michelle. Like the poor guy. No, it was so cute. I loved it. I feel like they gave him like that, that experience in Michelle's hometown, like at her house. Like that's kind of like the dream, right? And you know what? You make me feel like a teenage dream. Like, who says, like, you know, that can't be a thing anymore? Like, I love that they gave him, like, that teenage dream, Katy Perry style. Um, like, with the parents coming home, they were obviously in on it. Everybody obviously knew about it. I loved it. And everyone knew he would be embarrassed because he's just so pure and so cute. I would never even think that that would happen because he's so obsessed with giving his all attention to Michelle. Uh... And I also loved, guys, that she acts like a kid with Brandon. I thought maybe that would be bad, um, them, the two of them, because she was going to need to, like, coach him. But I guess maybe that's still kind of the issue. Like, I, I'm still worried that that's going to be the issue with Joe. 
because Joe is like, like trying to figure out anything about him is like, I don't know, super slow, like watching paint dry. It's like, sometimes we can see a little blup. It's like, oh, there's some color there. And we'll just wait for a little bit more. Uh, so I don't know. I feel like that's going to maybe be an issue for her trying to pull Joe out of his shell. I feel like she's going to have to do like too much work. Um, but with Brandon, it's different. With Brandon, they both act like they're kids. And I love that. I actually just went to a wedding in Florida. Jason's cousins got married and Jason's cousin or Jason's second cousins got married. So basically his cousin's daughter. Um, and his his other cousin, not the mother of the bride, <clears throat> excuse me, but the aunt of the bride, she got up and she said this beautiful speech about friendship. And basically her entire speech was about friendship. And I don't even know if she said love in it once, but I thought, wow. <clears throat> don't want to edit, guys. <clears throat> That's how you have to cough. I'm fine, Casper. I'm good. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, what was I saying? I was talking about um, how they're both, how they both act like kids, blah, blah, blah. What was I just saying, you guys? Oh, and my, uh, yeah. So basically, basically, Jason's cousin said this beautiful speech just about friendship and how marriage is primarily about coming back to that friendship and just being able to laugh, like not going to bed mad, like being able to come back together because you have that friendship, you have that foundation, you've had those good times you know how to make each other laugh and smile and have fun and it's just so important you know there's more to a marriage than love and a lot of times I feel like this show depending on the season of course and the person and you know who they get who they have as their final prospects um you know it kind of focuses on that like fairy tale la 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 version of love sometimes um and not to say that those couples don't always work out, but, you know, we all know that sometimes they don't. And I, um, I just feel like this is such a great example of, like, a friendship blooming into a marriage. And I don't know when the last time we really, we really saw that. I feel like a lot of the times the ones that are more in the friend zone get, like, um, they lose out and they don't end up making it to the final two or the final three, but... Brandon is such a contender and like this dude's about to be like her best friend like I just love that she doesn't feel like she needs to be in teacher mode and not like she's like that with some of the other mature guys um but I do feel like she's kind of like that with Joe and with a lot of the guys early on like she had to be like in teacher mode and I just feel like in general she's just so used to doing that in her life it's like I just feel like of course it's gonna come out in in her personal life like it, it doesn't have to be all of her personal life but it's gonna be there um so I was I was worried about that with him and Joe but turns out Brandon's getting the pass Brandon knows how to be youthful and not immature um he's open he's not shy um so uh, she's got a really good final three I really love these final three um but her dad is Joe um her dad is Joe so we're gonna see where that goes um, oh my God. Finally, at the end of the day, he asks for the blessing. Amazing. Brandon is getting like all the points in the freaking book. I feel like his parents, her parents loved him. Her mother was like glowing looking at him because not only is he super attractive, super sweet, you can tell that he is so genuine 
And even if these people, even if the relationship doesn't work out, I know that I really saw who Brandon really is. Um, because that's just who he, who he is. He, he was only going to be himself, um, coming on the show. And I feel like I'm really happy that we got to see, see that and that he's lasted this long. Um, has he talked about him before? She seems to know. Has he talked about him before? She seems to know. Grandpa is best friend, so mature. Love with friends and relationship. I don't know what I meant by that. Grandpa is best friend. Maybe he tells her dad that his grandpa is his best friend. I think I do vaguely remember that. Um, and then I said, yeah, so I guess he brings up that his grandpa's one of his best friends. It literally keeps like, he keeps getting cuter and cuter. Like I'm being crushed by the weight of his cuteness at this point. It's like, I can't breathe. Um, yeah. So he says the grandpa's his best friend. She seems to like know that he's the best friend. I think that's what I meant. Has he talked about him? Maybe they edited another scene where he talked about him, but she seems to be familiar with this relationship with his grandfather. He gives her the bracelet. It's perfect. She loves it. They passionately kiss after he says, can I kiss you? Oh my God. I feel like we're watching a Hallmark movie. Obviously it's way better. Screw that. Screw that. You know what? There's probably so many people that watch Hallmark movies and judge people for watching The Bachelor. I'm sorry. Okay, I don't want to judge people that like Hallmark movies, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't catch me dead watching a Hallmark movie. Like, I would be like, please move my dead body. If it's for some reason I die in front of a television, like, like if Hallmark comes on, please don't let my dead body watch watch that. Um, wow, it's got a little morbid. Um, not where we're going, not the direction we're trying to go. Um, so that's that was that episode. Um, that was the last episode before Hometowns, and I feel like a lot of people knew what was going to happen. I think everybody knew that. Rodney, Brandon, Joe, and Nate, we're going to get the hometowns. Um, yeah, so obviously poor Olu went home. Um, I was so all over the place with when guys went home, but at this point we're all caught up, or you guys probably are. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was, it's just good vibes. Like, he's the only one that said he's falling in love with her. Oh, Brandon is also the only one that said he's falling in love with her, which is obvious. So I support that. Support that full on. Remember during Rachel Lindsay's season when that random guy, like, two weeks in was like, I'm falling in love with you. And she was like, huh? And he was like, oh, my bad. I thought this is just what you wanted to hear. <laughs> what a loser. Okay. So that was that episode. And so for Hometowns, guys, I won't lie. I didn't really take a lot of notes. I remember liking the episode don't remember if I was, I think I might have been like having a bottle of wine. I was just like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to make it about work. <laughs> LOL. Not that this is work. Um, I like to pretend though, like um, freaking life size when she gets on the computer in the office and she's like, and she's not typing anything. That's how I feel. I'm like working when I'm doing my podcast. Like, like what's her name? Why can't I think of her name? Not Elle Woods. Oh God. I can't think of it. Who's Tyra Banks in that movie in Life Size? Whatever. Not important. Aubrey, ugh, I need you here. I need you here to keep me on track. So then we have hometowns, right? Um, we don't go home. We don't go home. Um, and I was sad about that. I thought maybe we would. But I guess there's just too much going on with COVID. Maybe some families had COVID. 
you know, like maybe there were just too many exposures too too much of that, um, which sucks. But so Brandon gets the first home down date and it was in um, Portland, Oregon, quote unquote. Um, and he takes her to that skate park and like sucks at skateboarding. I kind of thought that was cringy at first, but then I just thought it was so cute because I feel like he wanted to take her and show her something that just like she would have fun. Like I feel like the fact that he didn't pick something that was going to make him look like a total boss. Like at first I thought he was going to start doing tricks and shit and like start, you know, getting all these sick shots, you know, of him doing this and that. It's like, oh shit, like hidden talent. <laughs> and the fact that it wasn't that, it was just so kind of endearing because like he kept falling and stuff and you know, I'm sure he had to know that he wasn't that great at skateboarding. I think he just wanted to show Michelle something that was really important to him when he was a kid. Even if he fell away from it a little bit, it, it you know, made him happy and it would still make him happy. They had fun in there. I've never been to a skate park. I would have liked to go there. Um, and it looked like a good time. It looked like a fun date. And I just liked that it wasn't about him, like, watch me be a baller. Like, look how dope I am. I just love that it was still about her. Um, so... Then we find out that his his dad is also a fisherman, um, which is so cute because uh, Michelle's dad loves to fish. So uh, hook, line, and sinker. So everyone looked convinced. Like she looked convinced that Brandon's parents would really, or Brandon's dad would really like um, her dad, like loved that. Um, and um the fact that his brother was there and he was so emotional about that like that was really cool like they seemed to have a, a cool dynamic um so that was really nice to see that his hometown went well um so Rodney gets the second hometown date and I feel like everybody was a little nervous for this one because I don't know I feel like this was like um in uh what was the last season was it uh who was the last oh Katie who was uh was it Aaron the artist the artist, Josh, James, shit. It, it was the same situation. Oh, that's going to drive me nuts. Artist from, let me just see, guys. I know you know his name and you're screaming at me. Artist from Katie's season. Artist, Justin. It was Justin. Thank you, Google. Thank you, Google. Um... We just know, guys, we know that Rodney's going home. I felt like we felt the same thing on Justin's hometown. Like, he was trying really hard, and um, it was really sweet. But it's just not going to be him. And he took her to the orchards. They go apple picking. I like that. Not judging him for saying that he was a Granny Smith in the red costume on the first night. We're letting that go um, because he takes her to the apple trees farm, and it's really cute. Um yeah and like she brings the basket like it was just so cute like and the bike ride this was a good date because this was also the date that basically she took Matt on she took Matt on like a bike ride and they like kind of just like I forget what exactly what they did before but it was like similar to like an apple picking experience it was just like a really simple sweet like fall activity day and that was what Rodney did and I feel like he wasn't doing that because he knows that she did that I think that this was just something that he thought she would enjoy genuinely and not even knowing about that so yeah that was sweet and then of course we have the conversation with the mother and um she, I feel like she probably feels Michelle's vibes I feel like she feels Michelle's doubt that um 
that she thinks that life outside the bubble zone, um, I feel like, you know, she's, she's concerned and, you know, she cries and, um, you know, she cares about him and that was kind of rough because we all know the guy goes home, but, um, has anyone been following Joe and Nick on, Nate on Instagram? Also, like, apparently they're bros. Like, they're roommates through the whole situation. Now they're best friends. Love that. Also, Nate, like, don't. Like, do you think that really if he was picked by Michelle, he would be, like, bestie beefing with Rodney, like, on Instagram? Like, that'd be kind of weird, right? To, like, hang out with the other guy that was just about to be final three? Like, I don't know. So I was kind of like, what are you saying with this, Nate? I hope everybody's just friends because she did, I mean, Rodney, Rochelle did love Rodney. I feel like ultimately like Rodney's friend zoned, like not in the same way as, not in the same way as Brandon. Brandon is like love friend zone and poor Rodney just got friend zoned, just like Justin, just like easy. These poor good guys get friend zoned, but he represented himself really well. He looked like an awesome guy on TV and he's a fan favorite. So he'll probably end up on Paradise too. I think so, Rodney, for sure. Um, then of course, like, Joe gets his high school date, and he gives the tour of the high school spot, and the library, and he's, like, barely even speaking, he's like, this is the library, you can barely hear him, and then they do the prom, and we all saw that already, if you watched Paradise, it's like, what's with the prom thing, um, he said he had never been to a prom. I think that Michelle also said that she had never taken part in a prom. So I did like that this was like, I thought this was cute, but I don't know. We're so focused on like Joe and Michelle's like high school thing that it's like, we knew this already. So I don't know. I, I was hoping we would do a little bit more because like we know about the basketball high school, you know, Joe's success there. We already knew about all that. So again, still not really learning much about Joe, but Joe might take it because Joe is daddy. Um, and then Nate gets the last hometown date. So basically all the family dates go really good with her um, meeting everybody. You know, everything went well with Joe's sister-in-law. Um, and you know, his brother, apparently, you know, he really cares for his brother and his sister-in-law, which is so sweet. I love that he included his sister-in-law, um, in, in prepping Michelle for the hometown. I thought that was really cool. Um, but Nate's date doesn't go so good with his family as we all know. Um, so they do like paddle boarding, super relaxing. He's super smooth. Um, I like that Nate's situation is not like a cookie cutter, cookie cutter, happy mom and dad situation because a lot of Americans can relate to it being like that. Um, and in recent years, since um, since our our good uh, our good old Dale, no wait, not Dale, Dean, um, for pretty much showing the most vulnerable side of a family dynamic that I think The Bachelor's ever seen. Um, after that, I feel like it gave people, um, more of a incentive to show themselves, you know? So I like that, um, this is like a divorce situation that we're seeing because just because somebody came from a family that's divorced doesn't mean that they can be, doesn't mean that they can't be a good partner, uh, to somebody else because they come from a family of divorce. And I feel like sometimes if you don't have anybody that you know in your life that's divorced, if your parents are divorced, it's kind of, um, 
hard hard to think of how it is to be coming from that and trying to build a relationship and it is possible um so i love that this was showcased um i love that they gave michelle a present and it was for her students i loved that and it just showed um you know i felt like that was a little bit of nate like that smart smooth sweet great choice like um and and educated choice about her um for that gift it wasn't just like a box of um chocolate for oh here you go chocolate and flowers it was like here's something from canada you know for for your students um so that was really cool um and obviously we see that we see that the stepfather thinks he's not ready for engagement and um we have this whole emotional scene between Nate and his um stepfather and his mother um basically never talked to his mother about a woman huge pivotal moment uh happened on TV and never talked to his stepfather who is his father figure um about how much he loves him and it was almost like the stepfather couldn't wait to tell him how much he loved him and I I was crying and it's like again this is why we love the show moments like this are why we watch the show um I just thought that was so beautiful um that 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 all happened you know through through this filming and again it was like Nate is the everyman you know Nate is us Nate is you know that person watching in their living room that's like I could never bring my family on this show like we can't even say that we love each other let alone I could go here and convince this woman to marry me like how beautiful was that that we just watched that all play out and it reminded me of um Matt's conversation with his dad that was um like really powerful to be had on TV in front of a national audience, let alone really powerful for them. And I really hope their relationship is doing well. I feel like Matt in general is thriving. So hopefully him and his dad are still doing well. I haven't kept myself updated on that. But um, this hometown was super sensitive because of that. And um, so I don't know. I don't really know. I almost kind of wanted to take his stepfather's opinion of him not being ready for engagement with a grain of salt. Because um, as hard as it is to say I love you for some people, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not judging that they were stuck in this conundrum of never having said it before. Um, but I feel like, you know, as a father figure, you, you find ways to let your son know that you love them. And, you know, maybe he had, I'm sure he had done that, but it was like he kind of missed the mark here on this one. It's like Nate needed to hear that. And it was a long time coming and for both of them. And it was like, you should have said it, man. If you, you know, you should have said it. You, you need to have those hard conversations and, you know, don't let that toxic masculinity take over and just sit down and tell your son that you love them. So, I mean, that's at least the principle that I was taught. And I feel like I was blessed to come from a family that um, knows that that's important. Um, but I know that a lot of families don't don't say that. Um, and, you know, that's that, that's OK. You know, I, I don't know the dynamic and I don't know what the families that don't have been through, but. I don't know. I just basically all in all, I just kind of took him saying he's not ready as a, you know, with a grain of salt because initially he's a man or ultimately, I mean, he's a man. He's a grown man. Um, he's old enough to make his own decision. And I don't know. I just feel like he's kind of like throwing this out there. Like it's whatever. He's like, nah, he's not ready. Nah. And it's like, all right, well, is that really what you think? Because he's been having a really great relationship um unfolding with this woman 
like do you are you really like are you really totally clued down on like exactly what's going on here sir like do you really think he's not ready um I don't necessarily think he isn't ready and it's like well maybe he wasn't ready because you'd never had that conversation with him um you know as his father you know maybe he's not ready because he's never talked about love openly like in the household so um I didn't have, like, anger or anything towards the father. It's like, this was a beautiful moment of the episode, and it made this whole episode worth it for me. Um, But I don't know. I don't know if I agree with him not being ready. Uh, Initially, I was like, yeah, this is, this might be, this might be bad because as it's supposed to be about Michelle, right? And he comes home and, like, has this whole, like, breakthrough with his family. Um, But he knows that. He's, like, able to reflect on that after, which is, like, another thing, like, nailing it like he's able to reflect after like wow this is supposed to be about michelle and i can't believe all that just happened um and ultimately we see that michelle uh is kind of on that end of it as well because she chooses him to move through um and i really don't think that he i don't know i feel like they're all like in the same running like this is gonna be wild to see who she sends home um because i think that she disagreed with the stepfather I think that as crazy as all that happened, um, I think that she was kind of happy to see it. And I feel like now that he has kind of been able to express that to his family or express certain things to his family that he never has, maybe that was something that he needed to do in order to move forward with Michelle. Like, um, you know, we can have a household love. I will make sure that we can do that. I won't um, do it late. Like, you know, I did. And Maybe that's how he's feeling and maybe that's what she felt because um, the spark with them is still going really, really strong. Um, so basically that was that episode. She sees Brie. She sees Serena. I still don't like Serena. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why everybody loves Serena. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> We're not going to talk about Serena right now. Anyway, she wraps up the episode talking to Brie and Serena. Um, and they clearly do care for her. Both those girls are really smart. Um, it's Serena and Brie are both smart women. And Michelle is a smart woman. So they have a cool conversation. Um, girls are really looking out for her, asking her good questions. Um, and then Rodney leaves. And she gives him that little talk um, that he deserved. And she cries, which he deserved. Um, because this was one of those situations where he's a great guy, but he's just not my guy. Um, which is hard. A lot of people can relate to that. I can relate to that. I remember in high school, um, I was in love with this guy that, um, you know, we were fine. It was like, you know, all our drama was just kid drama, but he's kind of like a jerk to me sometimes. And, um, but he loved me and this other guy wanted to be in my life so bad and we laughed so much and, um, you know, we went to prom together, uh, and, um, he he really wanted it to work and he he literally checked off all the boxes he was wildly handsome um had a great relationship with his family his family was great he was athletic and he was kind to my family he was outgoing he's fun um and i just couldn't get it to click i just couldn't get it to click and sometimes that's really hard to have to explain somebody to somebody because you really want that box to be checked that final like like i feel it box to be checked and it's like you have everything but that and it sucks so that that conversation was really hard I thought it was a little weird how he was still like I still love you <laughs> I was like no like that's weird like at this point like I'm gonna stalk you I'm gonna find you 
You're always going to know that I love you. I'm never going to stop loving you. I'm going to come to your wedding. I'm going to tell you I love you. Um, but whatever. He's still cute. So we're just going to let him kind of have that weird ass moment. <laughs> uh so then I guess the only thing we have to catch up on is, wow, I made it in under an hour, guys. I have five minutes left. I might be able to talk about, um, might be able to talk about mental all in five minutes because, yeah, I don't really have big notes here. Um, mental all. Um, we start with the Peter and Will drama. Lame. Who cares? We have Will sitting in the front with his freaking suit and those socks. Like, I'm all in for, like, the cool suit and the socks, but... I don't know. He just didn't nail it. Part of me thinks that they sat him in the front to make him look dumb. Um, but anyway, I didn't think that till towards the end until Peter kind of ended up having a one up on him at the end with the pizza. Um, but anyway, we go through the Peter, Peter and Will drama lame. Whenever we go through the guy with the notes, Brian, he looks like he's about to shit himself the entire time. I've never seen somebody look so concerned uh, while watching the recap, you know how they have that little tiny like box in the corner when they're showing your dirty laundry. That guy looked like he was about to shit himself. I thought his eyes were going to pop out of his brain. Um, then we see the Martin with the immature comments. We see Chris S saying he has it in the bag. That's basically like all the stupid drama that we go in. Um, highlights Peter's sister and Will's DMs. <laughs> that's funny i don't know if that's a lie or not because will just seem will just just sketchy to me i've been saying this whole time will is a dick and i feel like will is such an asshole that he preyed on peter the whole season because peter was an easy person to bully he was outgoing he's from brooklyn i think whatever he's a new yorker new yorkers talk like they're the shit have you never been to new york have you never known someone from new york um, deal with it. Like, whatever. Why do you have to bring the freaking dude down in his whole pizza entrepreneurial dreams, man? I just always thought Peter, Peter was immature, sure. Like, don't throw the jacket in the pool, sure. Like, that was sad that Will cried, yes. Um, but Will's not nice, guys. Whatever. Peter's annoying, but Will is not nice. So, whatever. He's still, like, talking shit about Peter and saying the sisters in his DMs. That was pretty funny. Um, Oh my god, everybody was screaming when that happened. That was pretty funny. Um, but then they read the tweets. I was like, what the hell? These were obviously tweets that aren't true, left by, like, people that either watch the show or, like, Will himself. Like, if he's that lame, like, they were basically implying that Will left these tweets and, like, joking about it. It's like, ew, honestly, that's gross. If this man took it even further after the season was over to, like, honestly, like, harass him through Yelp reviews on his business like I think that's shitty I just don't know why Will has been made out to be like not an asshole I really feel like he got away with it um maybe maybe the same thing will happen uh to him that happened to to Brandon because I always thought Brandon was a dick too and when he left Tasha's season I was like that's bullshit dude like you just don't feel for Tasha and you decided that you were gonna go as far as it was gonna go before you had to basically dip out because you don't even care about her just to be on TV. And I always thought that. I was like, why is everybody so into Brandon? And then he probably looked like the biggest asshole of history on Paradise. So maybe that will happen to Will. Will's definitely going to be to Paradise for sure. Will and Peter and probably Martin and probably Rick. I hope Jamie falls off the face of the earth, kind of like a not Jesse, not Chris. That guy, that guy that had the long hair, long curly hair, um, that went on Paradise and like was Mr. Steal Your Girl. I can't forget. I can't remember his name. But sometimes the real assholes, like the actual like concerning abusive bullshit guys, end up disappearing. 
which Jamie was. Oh my God, guys, how we wouldn't even apologize. Like he had reasons for everything. He was justifying everything. He was literally like, um, actually, if you were actually sitting on the floor when I said that, basis when you were standing, if you were standing up, then you guys must have had a totally different perception on what I said. And if you were on the stairwell, then you were in a totally different element of the conversation. And you, I was like, what are you talking about? Like he had, a, he had reasons to everything. And that creepy ass smile. I was like, ew, what world were we living in when Michelle was like super into you? That was weird. But I always like when people like that are like exposed because he literally had a billion chances to apologize. Um, and he didn't do it until Michelle basically called him, like ripped him a new asshole, like in the most polite way possible because she's so smart. Um, she knew that his, his like what he said to her, like basically just being like, thank you for the experience. She was looking at him like, mm -hmm, is that all you have to say? <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's all you have to say. Funny. Well, here's what I think you should be saying. And basically, he was like, oh, you're right. He was like, oh, yes, I'm sorry, Michelle. Whatever. Still an idiot. Like, you either finally realize that you look dumb or you were just trying to save your shit on TV. I really don't think that he's sorry. I think that he is a massive red flag. Don't date guys like that. Don't date a guy who will literally say anything to be right um, like relentlessly, like can never come back to bed at the end of the night and be like, damn, we fucked up today. Yeah. Don't let a guy just gaslight you like that. Um, I liked, I liked that guy too. I don't remember his name, but his guy, that guy called him out for gaslighting, which he was, I, you guys know I had all that, like, I didn't really have all that issue with Katie saying gaslighting on TV. It was like her definition of it kind of bummed me out because I think it's important for people to know exactly what that sneaky, um, what that sneaky thing is, what gaslighting is. Um, and it can be in a lot of different places and it can exist in a lot of different facets. <laughs> okay. Am I Jamie? Um, but that was straight up gaslighting. Like what he was doing to the guys, the guys were basically just like, you're on TV saying this. And he was like, I, didn't say that like not that he really said I didn't say that but he literally talked about everything but what they were talking about like they would ask him questions about it and he would somehow create some sort of answer that sounded like he was maybe gonna say something relevant and it just wasn't like people like guys like that are snakes you don't, you don't want a guy like that a guy like that is uh insecure um narcissistic not good Totally cool with calling that guy a narcissist. Will should have wrote that down, that Jamie is a narcissist, not poor Peter, baby boy <laughs> Peter. He's immature, and he's from Brooklyn, but he's not a narcissist. Jamie is. Um, so that was there was that weird shit when he showed up at the end. Um, but yeah, I thought the tweets were weird. And then I liked at the end when Peter gave everybody his pizza because it kind of justified the whole dragging Peter through the mud again thing. I was like, why are we giving Peter another freaking hard time? Like, why are we making Peter defend himself in his business again? I don't care if you like Peter or not. I thought that was shady. So I loved at the end when he brought out the pizza and Will admitted that it was good. And Will kind of looked like, like embarrassed, like eating the pizza. Like, was he really that stupid to think that that hotel pizza in that box was Peter's actual pizza from his business? And even if it was Peter's actual business from Peter's actual pizza from his business, it's like, okay, would you think it took business class on a plane to get here and then they reheat it in the microwave? Of course, it's going to taste like shit. 
So I love that he got his pizza hot in there for everybody. I thought that was cool. And I thought that gave him like a redeeming moment, which I don't care. I don't care. I think he deserved it. I feel like if Aubrey was here, she would say no, but whatever. Peter didn't do anything with would be freaking annoying. Stop dragging his family business through the mud. So I feel like that kind of um, counteracted the stupid tweets at the beginning. And I kind of realized that they were actually making Will look dumb. Casper, don't press that. Dish my computer. Hi, I love you. Um, and it kind of made me realize that they were actually to make Will look dumb and not Peter. Like once that all played out at the end. And I was like, yeah, that's probably why he was sitting in the middle, in the middle with his long ass legs and those socks, like, <laughs> like clown. I don't know. I would like to think of it that way. I would like to think that finally Will looked like a clown, but I don't know. I guess either way he did because that outfit, but, um, Martin gets an, a chance to say something to Michelle. And again, he chooses to say that there was a miscommunication and that she misread him or misheard him. My ass, shut up. I don't even remember what she said to him. I think she kind of was just like, thanks. J Jason was calling it Michelle's apology court. Because <laughs> she was like, I accept your apology. And then we clapped. And then like some guy would be like, Michelle, I would like to apologize. And then Chris was like, Michelle, I would like to apologize for saying that better looking women have sucked my dick. I don't know if he did say that. But I forget. Who said that he said that? Rick. Which I feel like is true then if he said that. He was like, Michelle, I'm sorry. And she was like, I accept your apology, Chris. She chose to not drag every guy through the, mu the mud, although I do feel like she could have. But I think boss-ass Michelle decided who needed, who deserved time and who deserved um, anything from her and who didn't really. And she was polite. She was just like, thanks. I accept your apology. Thanks. I accept your apology. Thanks. Um, so Jason was kind of right on track with that. <laughs> um, we talked to Rick. Rick and his frickin' vocal fry, man. Vocal fry. I can't. I don't care about the eyeliner. I'm cool with the eyeliner. I'm cool with it. I'm good. I'm just not good with the vocal fry. I can't stand it. I can't wait for Howard Stern to talk about it. Anyway, that's really all that um, I really care to say about him. Although he did say one thing, guys, that I really loved. He said that she listens to understand and she doesn't listen to respond. And I was like, mm. like I put my hand over my heart and I was like, there should be like a keychain that Michelle has on her, on her key ring that says that. Cause that's a great way to describe how she is with people. And I feel like we've talked about that, but not really hit it so beautifully as how he said that. So that kind of gave like Rick some last minute points in my book. Um, he never really was the worst. He was just kind of weird. Um, and he was sweet on the after show. Like, I thought he represented himself well. He wasn't really too weird. He didn't do anything creepy. Thank God he didn't do a catwalk. Um, but the cake, how gross was that cake? Who the hell made that? Like, did you just ask a production assistant to make that for free? It looked like someone who had never used fondant before. It didn't even look like him. And he took a bite out of the black part. I was like, you could make your teeth black, bro. Why wouldn't you take a bite out of the face? I was like, why did you bite the black part? Ugh. Anyway, I guess I guess Bachelor Nation thought that was funny. Um I like that they show that random block of butter thing that we didn't see and like Nate totally killing it and the other guys totally like failing. Why didn't they put that in the episodes? That was pretty funny. It made me think of yeah, at the New York State Fair they have a butter sculpture, guys. The New York State Fair is upstate. 
and every year i don't know how long they've been making a butter sculpture but there's a freaking butter sculpture at the museum or at the fair and it like spins around in this glass box in one of the exhibition buildings and i was like ew like can you imagine just people like freaking rubbing butter all day and like just like cutting it sticking their fingers in it i was like ew and then we got to see it in real time with these guys doing their block of butter and nate's recap of all three of their their creations i'll say nailed it like he's just so funny i feel like nate could be i mean we i guess we do find out that nate is an actor i I remember that being teased like somebody trying to like talk shit about him because of that i still haven't seen that have we seen that and i missed it was that like a chris thing that he like threw out into the air and like had no weight um i hope that doesn't come to stab him in the back because I have acting experience and I just feel like it helped me be a real ass person. It helped me connect to people. It helped me um, be, it helped me know that being bold in a conversation is going to get you somewhere. Like saying something real is going to get you somewhere. Um, So he really, anyway, he really just like recapped all that so well. And he was like, what was Olu doing? Stabbing it? I think I choked on my drink because it really did look like he was stabbing it. And him just laughing while he's talking. He's so freaking sexy and cute. I just cannot. Um, and I think that was pretty much it. She, I love that she called Martin out. I love that she called Jamie out. She was not having it. Michelle's apology court, court is in session. Um, loved that. Bailiff, can you bring the apology? Maybe I'll name the episode that. (laughs) I can't give credit for that. Jason came up with that because he had the whole Michelle's apology court thing going on and i was like hey can you shut up so i can listen um meanwhile including it in the podcast i won't take credit for it babe though thank you for being so funny and cute and watching bachelor with me um and then that was the the mental it was pretty cute i feel like the only cringy moment was um when at the beginning they first started yelling and I was like please can we not yell this whole mental because sometimes that happens the men like or the men or the women will just start screaming over each other about like every freaking topic and then Chris Harrison would have to be like hey hey all right and then when the guys started screaming I was like how are freaking Taisha and Caitlin gonna stop these guys from yelling because we all know women aren't the most important person in the room when the guys start button heads it's all about pissing on each other at that point so they were like, hello, hello. I was like, girls, you need to be louder. And they were like, hi, 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 I mean, it was kind of funny and kind of cringy. Um, that was the only cringe moment. Um, but they didn't do that after that. Oh, oh, and when Caitlin asked Tasha about Zach, I don't blame her. Um, and they, on the Instagram teaser that they did for that, they showed her saying more. They showed like, Tasha, like she was like I want to talk to you about something and she said I know that me and you have talked about this off camera and they didn't include that in the actual mental all episode she was like Tasha, I would like to ask you you're not wearing your ring it was just like so fake and fabricated I was like and like Tasha was kind of like hmm, like looking at Caitlin like all sad and stuff like I'm supposed to be sad right now okay let me get ready to be sad um I don't know, but then it quickly became, like, actually sad because, I won't lie, I didn't expect her to react like that. She basically started crying immediately and said she was heartbroken and that they tried really hard. And um, that's really sad because it seems like there's a lot of, like, unfinished business there. Um, and I don't know. For some reason, I thought maybe she was on the end of, like, starting the break, the whole breakup. And the way she reacted made me think that um, maybe Zach 
couldn't do it anymore and like it broke her heart or maybe Zach was kind of the one that initiated it or just kind of like started falling away from her like I wonder what really happened either way I didn't really think it was needed to be done at the mentel all because it took up like five seconds she didn't really say much and it really upset her <clears throat> and then she had to leave and I don't really think that, that was planned don't really think that she did that um you know just to do that I think that she really was about to like burst into tears um poor baby Tasha. she deserves the world I know she's gonna get another guy because she's the freaking bomb um but I felt really bad for her and it made me want to know more but maybe I'll have to listen into um clickbait or bachelor nation podcast whatever she she Host. To be honest, guys, I don't talk, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't really listen to broads anymore. I did start listening to Ari Eastman's sobriety. I do like that. Those episodes are short, though. Um, and I don't really listen to like Bachelor Nation podcasts. So I don't know. But that made me curious about baby girl Tasha. So maybe I'll have to see if she speaks about that anymore on, on her podcast with Joe. And I, it is it is her and Joe, and I love Joe. So maybe I'm actually missing out, but I don't know. I just feel like I talk about The Bachelor enough. Um, well, thanks for hanging out with me if you made it through this whole episode. <clears throat> I proved to myself that I can do a whole episode myself. Um, so we'll see what kind of feedback this gets. I know Aubrey's going to be listening. If anybody listens, I know Aubrey listened. <clears throat> so obviously when I'm posting this, it's super late. Tomorrow is actually the, the next episode. Tomorrow is going to be when we find out the final two. So I'm here for it. I'm excited for her. I feel like, um, any choice that she's going to make is, I don't know, I guess not necessarily like a good one, but I do feel like there's like a lot of actual love happening. Don't know if it's like, you know, lusty love or like, you know, just fresh love or new love and it's going to fade, but there's love happening and I'm here for it. That's why I love the show. That's why we talk about it because this is some real shit going on. And um, I'm always appreciative of that when we get to this point and, um, you know, there's some real interest happening. Um Apparently, the interest that they decided needed to be created at the end of Clayton's season is that he uh, fucked both girls. Apparently, that's the only uh, the only um, thing that they're trying to push on us so far about his season. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to hate on it. I'm just saying. It's like, really, really. The final two drama is that he fucked both of you. Duh! Why would you say that to them both? I don't know. Maybe I am judging. Am I judging? All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with me, guys. I can't wait to post this. I feel so much better getting this all off my chest. That's honestly how it feels. Um, I'm sorry that it took me so long, but I never forget about you. Um, I love this podcast. I love talking about it, and it brings me joy. I hope it brings you joy. Season's joy and greetings, guys. Happy holidays. Happy season. Um, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>